When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Snaps is low. Kick on its way. It's got the distance, and it is good! And Lawrence Tynes has done it again. He's kicked the Giants to the second Super Bowl in four years. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. I actually think I saw, let me make sure I got that right. I think I saw an article that said this song, Hypnotized by Biggie, was the first song to get to a billion downloads. Let's see if I can find the article. Mm-mm-mm. No, can't find it. Pretty sure I saw it. That this was the most downloaded song. I don't know. I gotta find the article. I wouldn't have brought it up. See, I hate bringing stuff like this. I wasn't sure, but the song played. But amazing to me that that would be one of the bigger songs downloaded. I mean, it's a great song, but I just wouldn't think of it. I guess there's still a lot of Biggie fans out there. 877-337-6666. All right, that was a, a weird thing. The song played, I had to do it. Sometimes I just react. Sometimes I just react. Unfortunately, I don't react, you know, well, and I was so stupid. Vegas went okay. It was a fun time. The gambling was, I mean, I went to, here's a tip. If you don't have a lot of money to gamble, Right, and you're in Vegas. You don't have to just gamble anywhere. So, like, it was. I was looking to kill some time. We were getting lunch at Caesar's Palace. I didn't have to gamble there. I didn't have to pay fifty and a hundred dollars per hand on a on a Saturday because it's busy. Like, there were other. Then we went to Fremont Street, and I was like, man, I could play for two dollars. Now you're not going to win anything playing two dollars, and they have all these, like, you know, the games. The rules are different. You win less money on blackjack. All the different stuff. Not to get too deep into it, but. Man, oh, man. And unfortunately, my, my wife wasn't feeling well on the second day, so we had to cut that short. We had a great dinner. She barely ate her steak. And, that you know, it's one thing, like, if you go to a restaurant when you're home, right, it's your anniversary or whatever, and you just go, I don't even a mile or two away somewhere fancy. You go to the city even. Like, I don't know if you don't, if you live in, you know, one of the many, if you come from Long Island like I grew up, or even if you live by me now in upstate or Staten Island or, or Queens or whatever. If you just go into the city for a nice steak dinner or something, you can always bring it home. Like, what am I going to do? <laughs> like, what do you do when you're in Vegas and you're at a hotel? Like, what do you do with that leftover, you know, really expensive steak? So I was like trying to force it. She's like, Chris, I don't feel well. I'm like, I don't care. You don't feel well. What are we going to do with it? Bring it. I, okay. Okay. So yeah, we can bring it back and put it in the fridge. Okay. Then what? You need a cold steak in the morning? I mean, maybe. I suppose you could just pick it out. But what am I? We gonna ask them to bring a mic- microwave, and then you gonna microwave the steak? Like, there's no, there's no right answer. We're not at home with a bunch of stuff where you could pair and make a nice, like, steak sandwich or something like you know, clever and fat with it. Like, there's nothing to do. But you know, then you get into little 
arguments and silly. I'm there. We're here for my birthday. We're trying to have a nice time. I'm sorry. I don't care. You didn't eat the steak. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said anything. No, I don't think your sister was. I don't think they were laughing at you. No, I was just being funny. You know me. I didn't mean anything by it. You wouldn't shut up about the steak. I'm sorry. I just, there was a lot of steak left. You know, that's all we came out here. It's a nice dinner. It's an expensive steak, and you, you barely touched it. Now, what do we do with it? Like, what do we do with it? It's one thing if you're home. We're not home. We're in Vegas. We're, we're, we're trying to go out. Now we got to go back to the, the hotel just to put it in a small little crappy fridge. Like, what do we do with this steak? You won't shut up about the steak. I know. I'm a weird guy. I don't know what to tell you. Making fun of me in front of my sister. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just, you know, I'm rifting, and, and you should have. I don't know. Warren in Illinois. What's up, Warren? Hey, Steve Mac. How you doing? What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good. Where did you stay? Um, we were just there for a quick weekend, uh, but I, I stayed at Treasure Island. Oh, nice. Okay, that was all right. Um, we really listen, weren't in the hotel the besides sleeping in the room. But I can fix the jets real quick. You're gonna fix okay? the jets? Oh, please give me yeah. an answer. Let's go. Yeah. So they mentioned in one of the telecasts that in college football, you've got four seconds from the time the quarterback gets the snap until he's got a lineman in his face, okay? Okay. But in the pros, it's 3.4 seconds, and that's the hardest thing they have to adjust to. You okay. With me? I'm with All you. All right. Here's my answer. And, and you know, when the Jets played the Giants, when, when uh, Zach got his snap, he had a guy in his face within a half a second. Okay, over and over and over. It's been going on all year. Um, here's the answer. Move the quarterback back six or seven yards and teach the center to long snap or bring the long snap in, <laughs> long snapper in and teach him to block. What's wrong with that? I mean, all right, so that's not even just the solution for the Jets. That's solution for poor offensive line play. Just move the quarterback back. Yeah. What's wrong with it? <laughs> I don't know. I've been running it past my friends, and nobody can punch a hole in it. Well, I mean, I'm I'm sure I could punch a hole in it or two. Um, Go ahead. Well, I mean, one, like you said, I mean, I don't know if now you're long snapping. I don't think you're allowed to put two hands on the ball. It would be impossible to block a lineman in front of you without having a little bit more stability. Uh, you know, it's one thing to just block for a kick. It's another to really, you know, block. Um, one, it eliminates any, um, idea that you're going to run the football. So, I mean, I guess there are situations where you're not going to run the football and it's obvious. So in those situations, but just on an everyday play to play, uh, thing, it eliminates any fear of anything other than the pass. Um, I mean, so there are a couple of things to it, but ultimately, I mean, I don't, (laughs) it's just a. I guess it's plausible. Move the quarterback back. Give him more space. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. You know, at one time, <laughs> at one time, the quarterback was under the center. There was no such thing as the shotgun. I understand you know, that. I, I understand that. And, but and I mean, they back the quarterback up to the shotgun. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's hard to run out of the shotgun because you're paralyzing the running back. Yeah. You're also yards. creating, it depends on how much further you want to put it back, but you're making it, you're making every throw that much more difficult. Um, yeah. Giving well, more time. Let's just say five yards. Let's just say it's one second. Let's say we can get that 3.4 to 4.4. Yeah, I understand that. But you're also now you're making the throw further and harder to like an out uh, an outside 
outside the numbers throw becomes a lot more difficult from further back like that. Five yards. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think so. I, I don't I don't know. I get, I get. Listen, it's not the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I suppose it's, it's somewhat interesting. Just move the quarterback back. Why don't you? Um, but I I don't think you could do it regularly. I just don't. I don't think that could be a regular thing. One again, it does make it harder to block. There are reasons, excuse me, there are reasons why you can't line up over the center for kicks. Like, you can't have that rule, can't line up over the center on every single play because he's long snapping. Like, I just, I just, I don't know. It's an interesting, it's an interesting thought, though. I'll give you that. Just move him back. It's easy. All this trouble about these quarterbacks who aren't good under pressure or crappy offensive lines, just give them more time. You send him back there. He's got an extra second now. He can for, he can see the field a little better in case he's smaller. If he's smaller, he's got more space between him and the offensive lineman. Might be able to see over things, better perspective of the field. Plus, he's got an extra second to throw the ball. Interesting. Interesting. 877 337 66 66. All right, let's let's change topics for a second because God knows we've had enough of the football, right? We've had enough of the football. But today I saw something that just annoyed me. I'm sorry. I know, listen, I I was the first one to kill Brian Cashman. As we get into the offseason, which by the way has been kind of quiet on the Western front. Uh, there's some, you know, we're going to get Mendoza's announcement tomorrow. Looking forward to that. As you get the new manager, Carlos Mendoza, the former bench coach of the New York Yankees. I did see a comment. I, I forgot to see. He, he's going to wear number 28. I don't know if this was a fake account or not. He's going to wear number 28. And when asked why he's going to wear number 28. Now, I'm not even sure he was taking questions. I know he, he, he made a couple statements. But when asked why he was wearing number 28, he said, because he's going to win a championship before the Yankees get their 28th championship. I don't know if he would say that. I don't know if it was a fake account. I saw it. I saw someone I respect react to it. Um, I don't know if it's real or not. And the account was by someone who I, th- I think was real. But whatever the case may be, interesting answer. I don't think it matters. Um, but I guess, you know, we'll get him tomorrow. I, I believe at noon. Right? It looks like a legit account. Right, Alex? I don't know if you see that. But um, yeah, I mean, it says Mets Twitter beat writer. Mets Twitter beat writer. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, it's a fake account then. There we go. Yeah, okay. But he is verified. Yeah, and he's, and he's got a lot of followers, and I think someone I respect tweeted. That's why I I was suspect because I didn't know. Like I, I saw that there was some comments from, uh, from the owner, and Sal was commenting them on uh, today, but. To have you know, we're, I'm gonna I'm wearing 28 for the 28 championships. It just seems silly. Yeah, it's, I it's doubt he's fake. even number 28. Yeah, I always look at the comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, They're all fake. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but we are gonna get that baseball hot season is underway, and of course, some comments made by Brian Cashman during his rant have suddenly now taken form, and everybody seems to have a thought process on it, which is pretty much kill Brian Cashman. If you can kill Brian, if Brian Cashman gets out of bed and you see him. We got a problem because you got to just, he's wrong. Whatever he's doing, he's got two right, he's got two, he's got different socks on. Something's up with Brian Cashman. We got to kill him. And I get it. 
It's been a miserable time, and I killed him. I killed him for the tone of those press conferences. But there's a comment going around now that suddenly, I guess, talking Yanks put it out, SMY has put it out, and I guess it's making the rounds more in the word in the print than when he actually spoke it. But the comments are about Giancarlo Stanton. And I'll tell you, this is how toxic Brian Cashman is. This is how toxic Brian Cashman is. Everybody hates Giancarlo Stanton until Brian Cashman says something negative about him. Then all of a sudden we have to defend Giancarlo Stanton. I swear. I'm telling you, whoever right now, like, honestly, if you if you don't like someone or you're trying to get, like, if, if you're, you know, if your wife hates your best friend, right? He's been your best friend forever, you, you, but your wife just can't stand him, and it's causing a real problem in your relationship. Call up Brian Cashman and just say, hey, can you just say a couple of disparaging words about my, my buddy? Just do something. Say he's, he's a bad friend or whatever. Just mention his name. If you even just remotely mention him, it'll put him in such a more positive light because just being associated with you right now boosts everybody else that it would just be terrific for me, Brian. He could have a, he could have a side gig and just making everybody else look better because that's how toxic he is. Even, even to the fans who cannot stand Giancarlo Stanton, how dare Brian Cashman say comments about Giancarlo Stanton? So these are the comments that are just making the rounds right now that everybody's really upset about. Sorry, believe it or not, I'm still battling a little bit of a cough. I'm not going to tell you he's going to play every game next year because he's not. He's going to wind up getting hurt more likely than not because it seems to be a part of his game. (sighs) Wow. Let me read that to you again because it's crazy. I'm not going to tell you he's going to play every game next year because he's not. He He is going to wind up getting hurt again more likely than not because it seems to be a part of his game. This is what Brian Cashman said during that presser that was so famous in his pink little polo and cursing up a storm at everybody. You remember it. We all remember it. Good times. This is the big, and and so now everyone is like, oh my God, what an insult. This is like a couple of things. One, it's just an insult to the player to assume he's going to get hurt again or to say these comments. Somehow it's a, it's an insult to Giancarlo Stanton. We've insulted Giancarlo Stanton, which, by the way, each every Yankee fan I know can't wait to go boo the guy. Not an insult. But Brian Cashman says he's probably going to get hurt, which we all know is the 100% truth of the matter. He is going to get hurt this year. And he talks about it in the rest of his quote about it's about limiting the time while he's hurt. Like he needs to do a better job of two things for me. You know Stan's going to get hurt. He needs to do a better job of getting back earlier, and he needs to do a better job of getting a swing together quicker than the month it takes coming back from injury. Those are the two things, because he's going to get hurt. But Brian Cashman says it, and it's an insult. Two, I'm hearing the, well, we're trying to trade him, you dope. Why are you bad-mouthing a player you're trying to trade or you would love to see move? I mean, why would you possibly say something negative like that about a player? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. Are you telling me that there are teams out there willing to trade for Giancarlo Stanton, but the idea that Brian Cashman saying he's injury-prone is going to scare them away? Like, they're not aware. They're unaware that he's been hurt 
every single year since 2019. They're unaware that he spends time on the IL every single year, bar none. They're unaware of this. Brian Cashman, shh, shh, keep it our secret. Don't tell everybody that Stanton gets hurt. What are you, nuts? What if some dope wants to come by and buy him? Are you crazy? This is an absolute truthful statement that he's probably talked to already with the Yankees about. Do you think Stanton is offended that the Yankees are planning as if he's going to at least spend some time on the IL? We all know he is. He knows he is. He's come out and talked about his injuries being unacceptable. He knows he's going to get hurt next year. Everybody knows it. This is not an insult. This is a man who I'm telling you, the team and him decided not to run last year. He didn't run on the base paths because he knows he gets hurt. But somehow Brian Cashman being honest about it is a big freaking problem. It's ridiculous. Imagine if he said, imagine if Brian Cashman actually said, you know, we expect John Carlos Stanton to be healthy next year. <sighs> the fan base would go nuts. What are you kidding me, you dope? Of course he's going to get hurt next year. How could you say he's not going to get hurt? What are you, an idiot, Brian Cashman? Like, oh my God. Nothing he can say will help. He needs to go out there and have a good offseason, and the Yankees need to win. Everything else is just absolute noise. This is the same thing as saying strikeouts are part of his game. Injuries are part of his game. That's where we're at. It sucks. It sucks at the idea that you're paying the man $30-plus million to get hurt every year, but that's where we're at. He's acknowledging the obvious when asked about Stanton. I still think he's a great hitter when healthy, but, yeah, we know he's probably going to get hurt. It's part of his game. We're going to have to limit the injuries, try and get him back as soon as possible, and really work on getting his swing together when he does come back. That's just the obvious. There's nothing here. Stanton needs to come back when, after the injury. That's, uh, he needs to hit when he's healthy because we know there's going to be a time where he's not healthy. Now, thankfully, besides 2019, it hasn't been major injuries where he's lost forever, but, you know, it takes him a month. He pulls a hamstring, takes a month. He's going to miss a month. The problem is he needs to get a swing together the second he gets back, but, I mean, just we all looking to kill Brian Cashman for anything he says. Like, I don't know why this story came out today. I don't know why it's a big deal to anybody. This is like saying, I mean, these guys go through arbitration. They get bad-mouthed by their teams left and right. This guy has been booed up and down mercilessly by this by this fan base over and over again, despite being the only guy who performs regularly in the postseason. And he's handled it with more class and less of a, a, a problem with it than anyone I can ever remember making the money he's making, getting booed the way he gets booed, with the expectations he has. I don't remember anybody ever getting treated, uh, handling it any better. But yet somehow he's going to be really insulted at the idea that, hey, the Yankees expect me to get hurt. Oh, you expect me to get hurt, do you? What's he going to do? I'll show you and I'll get hurt? What's the worst that happens? It motivates him to stay healthy? This is the dumbest thing ever. I swear. We should be focused on what they're going to do. Are they going to go get Bellinger? Juan Soto, he's going to be traded because there are rumors now you know, if you believe Buster only, he believes 100% Soto's getting traded. I'll tell you right now. You want to get mad at Brian Cashman? Here's how you get mad at Brian Cashman. If Juan Soto was traded to anybody else in baseball, I don't care who it is. If Juan Soto is traded and it's not to the New York Yankees, 
then I'll be pissed. Then we can all call me up, 877-337-6666, and we'll badmouth Brian Cashman together in the New York Yankees for not going and doing what they absolutely must do. If he is traded to anywhere else, it is a colossal failure for the New York Yankees. That should be the only place he gets traded to. They should move heaven and earth to make sure Juan Soto is a Yankee. No question about it. But he said Stan gets hurt. (laughs) Imagine if he said he doesn't get hurt. What is he supposed to say? He's asked about Stanton. It's the obvious thing to say. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. And that is that. The New York Knicks, the eighth-seeded New York Knicks, are one game away from the NBA Finals. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Little blurred lines. This is the song of the summer a few years ago. Chikicha. All right. 329. McMonnell here with you. 877-337-6666. Obviously, it was a Thursday night game, and I have to tell you, I'm an idiot. I did one of the big faux pas and stupid things in fantasy football. Now, I have to, I'm in too many leagues. I'm in five leagues. And this is just because I, I know I'm not good at saying no to people. And I've joined more leagues. You know, people ask me, I say yes, you know, moved into a new neighborhood. Hey, you know, the guys here all have a, you know, fantasy league. You want, um, they, they kind of know who I am. I'm, you know, I'm going to say no to them. I felt bad. So I said yes to them. Like I'm in a million different leagues. And quite honestly, since gambling became so viable and at my fingertips on my phone, sitting from my couch, uh, the fantasy need or desire has kind of gone away. Now I can just bet on that person having a big day. I don't have to play them in fan. Like I just, it's it's gone away a little bit. But I'm still in the leagues, and I'm not saying I don't care completely. But my enthusiasm for it is waned. But anyway, I'm an idiot, and I knew I was going to. I was leaving for Vegas Thursday, so I knew I was running around all day Thursday. I we were literally leaving. Uh, I went to go pick up my wife at work, and we were going straight from her job to Newark. I had set up the parking in a particular parking lot and all that stuff. Like, And I was running around. I was finishing packing. I was getting things. I was coming home from work, so I needed to sleep a little bit. So I knew it was going to be a big day. Wednesday night, I went over all my rosters, right? And I had no memory, none of putting Justin Fields back in the starting position. I guess I read a story that his thumb was feeling better or that he was practicing, and I I don't remember it. Now that it, like, it happened, I, I guess I kind of have a vague memory of saying, well, it sounds like maybe he'll play, but we'll see if, if he's ruled out. I'll And I, I just didn't realize the Bears were playing on Thursday night football when I did that. So like I completely forgot. I left Fields in my roster. I'm on the plane half sleeping because I get no sleep. So the minute I got a chance on the plane, I'm sleeping. All of a sudden, I get like a couple of text messages that went through, and it's like, hey, you have fields in your starting lineup. And I'm like, oh, man, do I? What time? Like, And on my phone, it says 745. I'm like, all right, I got some time. I'm like, 
I'm texting. I'm trying to log in. There's no Wi-Fi on the plane. I'm trying to buy the Wi-Fi. I don't have to. Like, I'm like, I'm texting my buddy Mike. I'm like, listen, here's my login. Here's my password. Go into you, um, Yahoo, and change my starting lineup. I asked the the guy who texted me. I'm like, tell the commissioner, like, just change it. Blah blah. blah. I don't care which. I have like another quarter. I think it's Gardner Minshew is my. I don't care. Put him in there. Obviously, blah blah. blah. And then I realized that I'm on West Coast time, and it is no longer 7:45. But it is 10.45, and the game's practically over. And I was sleeping through it. I've had some bad uh, plane sports connections. Yeah. I I missed the NBA Finals last game twice. Wow. It was the it was the Bucks-Suns and then the Raptors-Warriors ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the funniest one is it was 2010. It was the World Cup Final. Spain, Netherlands, and I was in the plane expecting them to show it on TV. Right. And they and they literally, as soon as I walked in the plane, that was their first announcement. Like, we will not be showing the World Cup final. I'm like, what? And Jeez. then what me and my dad did when we walked out, we wore headphones and we just looked down because we taped it. Right, right. So you're just trying to so, avoid and it. At the, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and at that time, I 2010, that we, I, we didn't have, I, I my dad had an iPhone, but I didn't. So yeah. it was pretty easy to avoid it. Right. So then we got home and basically watched it like hours later. Yeah. But we re- reacted to it as if it was live. Good, yeah, yeah, no, sure. That, that's good enough. If you, if especially a big event like that, if you're into it, being able to hide. It. But yeah, so like I, I, you know, I'm screwing over people too. Like there's that angle too. Like and I, and sure enough, sure as rain, I needed going into the game last night. He had, let me. He had Buffalo. He had the kicker, and he had Cook. And he needed eleven points from those two players. So I mean, and I and and that's even with I had no quarterback, and that's what he needed. And Cook fumbles on the first snap and then gets benched. And I'm like, ho ho ho! They're never gonna go to Cook. I'm gonna win this game without a quarterback. And he gets just enough points that last. They didn't give him a point first. The the second fumble they did not. Yahoo did not call that a, a lost fumble for him. Yeah, because he picked it back up. No, no, no. The, there was oh, another one where they the exchange, they they dropped the the exchange of the 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 handoff, where mm-hmm. it looked like it wasn't a oh, fumble. Oh, they gave it to Josh Allen. Instead. I don't know if who they gave it to. I guess Josh Allen. It was just a muffed handoff. It wasn't necessarily like a, a fumble. I don't know, but it didn't count as a fumble lost. And then yeah, he breaks that forty yard run and he fumbles on the forty yard run. And I'm like, someone <laughs> else pick it up. And then of course he runs more, and then the extra point on the touchdown hurt me too. So I lost by a bunch. I think even if I played Minshew, who got seven points, I still would have lost. But I was close there for a second. But I feel bad. Like, I feel bad. Like, it's not cool to just to not play your quarterback. Like, other people are probably hoping that guy loses for standing purposes. Um, You know, you have a bad moment. So I feel bad. And I thought I was going to win anyway. When they bench Cook, I'm like, they're not going to play him. Oh, man, this is fantastic. 877-337-6666. But instead I lost because I idiotically did not check my phone. I put Fields back in the, uh, in the lineup. What a dope. Sometimes. Sometimes, Stu, do you ever just do something and go, how can I be so stupid? You ever Hello? do that, Stu? Yeah, Stu. Hello. Hello, Stu. Uh, a belated happy birthday, Chris. Well, thank you. My birthday's not for a little bit, but we it's too close to Christmas to actually do it around my birthday, so we picked my sister-in-law's right. birthday oh, uh, and uh, did a big, uh, uh, did a big trip. So you still have, happy birthday. You still have time to wish me happy birthday. Thank oh, you. Oh, I will. Buddy. Okay. I'll uh, 
Chris. Yes. My, you were talking about my two favorite subjects. Yes. Uh, hey, what, 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 let me ask you something. <laughs> okay. Uh, Brian Cashman. Yes. Forming uh, some kind of uh, forgetful memory. I mean, we, we all know Stanton's going to get hurt. Right. We all know he's going to take a long time to come back, find his swing. And what makes you think that's going to change? Nothing. I mean, nothing's going to make it change. And the thing is, Brian Cashman, when he did that with the reporters by talking down to the reporters and defending himself for constructing a team, yeah, didn't have a clue or a prayer. I mean, yeah, well, but, that's a different but, conversation than the one I made. But yes, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, uh, and even if even if you turn the 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 um, the stand conversation into I don't care what he said, I, I don't want a player who's like that on my team at thirty six million dollars. Yeah, that's the point. But um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I thought the tone he had and the the he had a bad tone. Yeah, I was surprised he was so angry and so you know doubling down. Yeah, on well, why don't he be angry at the fact that he's misspending or spend, not spending the money in the right places, yeah. making the right trades, or maybe he just doesn't get and all this about the he, they, they're not changing the training staff or the analytics department, which needs to be changed because they need to make more emphasis on hitting the ball. Yeah, well, we see that this is this is where. We can get into the weeds with it. I, I really don't know if I want to. But, yes, the the major league team struck out too much, and there is a disconnect. And you've seen it now. They hired a, a hitting coach in Sean Casey who connected with half the team. It sounded like maybe it didn't help uh, Volpe, who was kind of trending up at that moment before they made the decision to fire the hitting coach and then went back down. Um, but... You know, if you look at the minor league level, right, if you want to talk about how the Yankees do business, and let's be fair, like part of it is how they train their kids. They have not had a major league hitter besides it's like Judge and Cano, and that's it for years and years and years. They changed it in 2018, and if you look at the numbers since 2018 in the minor league system, they have done a much much better job with their hitters. And if you look at the numbers you want, the batting average, the contact, the strike, the strikeouts being down, like all those numbers are far better. Far better. And tops, like in the top five in the minor leagues. Like the Yankees hitters are doing things better than almost every other team in baseball. But at the major league level right now, these players, there's a disconnect with that. And, yeah, they strike out too much, and the, the trades have been awful. I fully admit it. Brian Cashman's been terrible for two years. Terrible. Three years even. I'll give him 2020. Since 2020, he's been awful. Before that, I thought he did really well. But since 2020, almost every movie he made has been a bad one. Totally agree. But I just think now we're being silly. We're nitpicking everything he says. It doesn't matter. And let's be honest. I had fun that open, and we, we, we all remember that press conference. Maybe it'll, it'll poke its head up again if they have a miserable season or if they have a great season, and we'll go back to that and either think of it fondly or think of it ridiculously or however we want to choose to think of it. But it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Do they get Juan Soto? Do they sign Bellinger? Do they battle the Mets and get Yamamoto? Like Those are the questions that matter. Not what he thinks about Stanton or how he put it to the reporters or the wording he chose to say it's part of Stanton's game or any of that. None of it matters. It's what he does from here. It's how they build the team and how they look moving forward. It's all that matters. Same thing for the Mets. Same thing for the Mets. Like everyone's hung up on Buck Show, Walter versus Mendoza. Who cares? Honestly. 
Like we'll see what Mundo, Mendoza does and see what the team does. Buck didn't get Buck did not make it so that he had to be retained. And when you bring in a new president who runs things, he wants his own guy, and rightfully so. And if Buck had been coming off two hundred plus win seasons and two playoff appearances back to back, which this franchise you know gets once every ten years, then maybe it would have been a different situation and something more difficult to lose him. But he didn't. He had a season that was dead by June, by the end of June, and they were trading away their best players and paying money for prospects by the deadline. Buck did not make it, so he had to be kept. It's on Buck. It's on the team. And we'll see what they do moving forward, but none of that matters. All that matters is whether or not they win. And certainly words don't matter. Paul and Yonkers, what's up, Paul? Nobody cares. Nobody. Is that what you're saying? On what? You got a five cents to a dollar bench coach. And Steve Cohen's going to turn around and give him a billion dollars worth of players. Well, how do you know this you got to. What do you know about Carlos Mendoza? You have no idea. You know nothing he, about him. He's, he's doing nothing. What do you mean he's doing nothing? When you hire a five cents bench coach, Again, what you is, don't what give a, him a billion what dollars do you, what worth do you mean, of players. What do you mean five cents? Because they only paid him a million dollars a year? Yeah, yeah, nothing. It's a joke. Well, how much was Buck, how much was Buck making? How much do other managers make? Well, how much how much does uh, uh, what's his want, name? Well, how much does the manager of the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks make? I want the experience as a manager. Uh, that's fair. If that's, uh, I'm okay. giving him a billion dollars worth of players, mm-hmm. I'm not giving a guy that never managed before. He managed Cohen, before at minor league level. He never managed the major league it, level. It means nothing. Okay. Cohen is not doing anything. He's going to let Otani go to the Dodgers because uh-huh. he wants the West Coast. He's not well, going to Otani actually came. Alonzo. You don't think he's going to keep Alonzo? No. Okay. He's going to let him go in July. On the why, why, are you so neg- why are you so negative about what's going on with the Mets? Because seven last year in April, when he allowed Judge to go back to the Yankees without a bill, mm-hmm. he's doing the same thing with Otani. He's going to, there's be no Sosa, and there's be, Peter Alonso is going to be traded. Yeah, That's I, what I, this guy is showing. No, That's I don't know. Why? What makes you say that? I don't think he's going to, the, 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 the president of baseball operations came out and said they don't expect to trade, that he doesn't anticipate him being traded this offseason. I don't know why, what makes you think he's going to trade Alonso? He's paid his guys. He mm-hmm. traded Phil Lindor, he paid him. He paid Nimmo. He paid McNeil. That was he paid, the beginning. He that paid his one, guys. I think, I think he's sour. He, he paid more I money. He paid. He paid. He's still paying uh, Verlander and Scherzer to get better prospects for this team. Where where is he showing you he's not willing to invest in the manager? Though he gave yeah. that he gave that decision to his new baseball president of baseball operations. Which, by the way, he went out and bought the most probably expensive young executive who everybody thinks is one of the best smartest guys in baseball and allowed him to hire the manager. I mean, Listen, that's it. Listening to you, our channel, your, your channel, for about a month and a half, I heard a five-year, $50 million contract for council. Council goes to Chicago for $8 million, Yeah. which um, Steve Cohen didn't top because he has money. He's, he has big money, so he didn't top it. And then he turns around and gives this guy $1 million for three years. Three, everybody gets five years. This this guy that he knows has no experience, mm-hmm. he gets three years and a million dollars. That's five cents. And then I can't get this guy because a million the, dollars worth to play. Why to not? Play with. That's because ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. He's the, sure, he's the, at some point, everybody, again, how much money does the, the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks made who just took them to the World Series? 
But it's experience. It's it's, it's not all. You don't need. Guy. You don't just need experience. I, I agree with you. Listen, it's a first of all when you hire inexperienced, you don't pay him. So he, he's making. I don't right. think. I, I think they were willing to get Craig Council. Council chose the Cubs. He chose the Cubs. Right. He wanted. He wanted to stay closer to his house and his home in Milwaukee. He chose the Cubs. What are you going to do? You could have went out and tried to get an experienced manager. He wants a guy he can work with. That's how baseball works. It's how baseball works. And just because, oh, you want them to pay him more money that make you feel more comfortable, that's what an inexperienced manager, that's what the running rate is. That's what the rate is. So it's, I, we'll see what kind of manager he is. He's a he's a young guy who everybody seems to like. He were he's worked himself up. He he took he was in you know he he's not like an Aaron Boone. If you hate an Aaron Boone, he's not a former player who just stepped in out of the broadcast booth. This guy's been you know grinding his his teeth for years in the minor league system, managing in the minor league system, being a bench coach. Like he's worked his way up through the normal progression. So what should no man? I mean, I guess you're specifically saying New York, but should no manager get an opportunity who doesn't have years of experience? How do you get experience if you don't get hired anywhere? We'll see what he is. But it's tough to say, oh, you want experience. Last year you had Buck and experience. How'd that go? How'd it go for you to have Buck Showalter as your manager last year? Did it go well? How'd the team respond? Team would do well? And if you want to say it's not Buck's fault, okay, that's fine. Then the manager has no impact because Buck's a great manager and they were awful. Why don't you try an awful manager? Maybe they'll be great. Patrick in Brooklyn. What's up, Patrick? Hey, Chris, how you doing, man? Hey, buddy, how are you? Good. Uh, how was the vacation? The vacation was fun. It was too short. We had a good time. Uh, ate well. Uh, enjoyed uh, a libation or two. Played a little blackjack. Relaxed. That was about all I um, wanted to do, so it was good. I love blackjack. Uh, it can well, be fun. Sitting at a sitting at a blackjack table and then just like looking down at your phone and realizing it's like four fifteen in the morning and you thought it was like you would <laughs> you would have guessed like one twenty and you're like oh geez uh, I got to get the hell out of here. You got me. Hey, um, since you brought up blackjack, got a question. What is your reaction when you like hit maybe like off the book and somebody you know next to you is like, oh, that's my card. When people get mad about it, yeah, I've. It's tough because you know it's. I mean, theoretically, as far as I know, it's just as likely to help you as it has hurt you, right? I mean, I would think it, it changes things, uh, and it never. You don't ever remember the times that someone did something stupid and it helped you. You only remember the times when someone did stu- something stupid and it, and it hurt you. But I have to admit, something I I got up. I just get up and walk away if I feel like there's a player at the table. Who's just doing silly things? So like, I, I, yeah, I mean, I was at a table and um, someone twice, twice, I'm not kidding, twice had had twenty against the five and split the tens. And then after, so after the second time that they split tens, I just, I just, I just get up and go to a different table. I don't yell. I don't say what the hell are you doing. I, I just, I get up and leave. But there are people who will get mad and in your face. It's crazy. Yeah, that whole idea of like. Stealing the card, it's like, yeah, right. no, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, the card, it's like I'm going to another table. Right, and that's it. Well, I mean, yeah, I know. Well, I mean, like, there, are, there are different things. There are really stupid things like splitting tens and, and doing things like that, and then there are like little things like you know, I don't know, 
hitting on 16 against the, I don't know, hitting on 12 against the two, hitting on third. I don't, doesn't, we don't have to get too deep into blackjack. But yeah, there are people who do things that they're novices and they don't understand. They think, oh, well, I'll have two tens, I'll have two hands with starting with a 10 against the six. And they don't realize they're turning one winner into two losers. Jason and Waterbury. What's up, Jason? Hey, Chris. How you doing, bro? What's going on? Good, buddy. How are you? Good to hear from you. What's yeah. up? Yeah, thanks. You too. I'm glad you had a nice vacation, bro. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> while, you were, while you were gone, I tell you, New York sports didn't change, man. No, they certainly did not. They certainly did yeah, not. It, it just gets worse and worse watching these football teams. And I, I uh, you know, going to the, uh, the baseball situation, which was a debacle, too, this year, um, I think, uh, you know, personally that – uh, the first time manager should probably get a get an opportunity, uh, maybe in a in a place like Atlanta or Kansas City or or Baltimore or somewhere like that. I think mm-hmm. in New York City, especially when you've got the resources that these you know these these franchises have in New York City, there's no way that the Mets should have went from Buck Showalter to chasing Craig Council to hiring uh, Carlos Mendoza. It's it's a disgrace. And oh, yeah, you uh, use that word a lot. Is it really a yeah, disgrace? It is. It's an embarrassment. What's it? What's an embarrassment? It's a young manager were, throughout. Yeah. Uh, they're all they're, there's a ton of young managers throughout baseball. Like I don't understand what's an embarrassment. Yeah, but here's the, uh, here's the problem. Chris. Buck they Showalter. They Buck can't. Showalter had a miserable year last year. They lost a ton yeah, of games. Yeah, but it was. I, it's not Buck Showalter's well, fault that the Mets were off. It started I, with Diaz. Verlander okay. was terrible. Scherzer was even worse. Well, I'm just then. Then it doesn't matter if, if you can't look at the manager. Then, then what did his experience buy you when the when the oh, chips were the down? Man- like Listen, I in baseball, the manager matters. I know people want to downplay the manager today, but guess what? No. An experienced manager in the big yeah, but, market matters, and he's been experienced. And he's been experienced in the big market. He's been working with the Yankees. Yeah, but he's a bench coach. I understand he that, but he's been, he's been working. He he's working. League. He's been working side by side. He let sees him, everything Boone has to do as far as him, yeah, as far as learning from the best. Huh? Well, there you yeah, go. It's my, yeah, hey, yeah. listen, you could do far worse. Oh Believe God. me, you could do far worse. It's not. What is? Why is it a go disgrace? Somewhere else. Why is it, it is, a disgrace? It's, it's it's absolutely not an embarrassment. Come on, it is. It's not. You're embarrassed. They're hiring a young man. You're not. You're not excited that maybe this guy's a good manager. You. No, it's an absolute. If they were going to fire, if they were going to fire Buck, which was which they did wrongfully, go chase Bob Melvin, go hire Joe Girardi, see if you get Terry Francona to come here. Terry Francona just retired for health reasons. Dusty Baker's a hundred years old. I know that. How many times? Come on. You, but you can't go from Buck Showalter yes, you can. to Jason Craig Buck Showalter didn't it's, win it's, you anything. Buck Showalter yes, didn't win you anything. Games. And then you won one playoff game. Title. And then you won one playoff game and lost to a, uh, to, a, to a Padres team that you were better yeah, than. Why? Why? Because Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer didn't show up. That's how it works. That's, that's how why. it works. That's how it works, Jason. That's how it works. The players got to perform. Why do, you th- why, do you think Dusty, why do you think Dusty Baker won? Why do you think Bruce Bochy won? Can't have it both ways. What do you think? He willed those players to have good series? You think you think Bruce Bochy somehow figured out how to unlock Corey Seager? Hey, Seags, why don't you go out there and have a great series? Otherwise, he would have been miserable? Like, I don't understand. Like, it, 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 how could it... Like, on, I'm not saying managers don't matter. Of course they do. And you're seeing Bruce Bochy is a tremendous manager. 
He's, he's one of the great managers in the history of baseball now. He's got four championships He is a with two different organizations. He is a great manager, and he took the Padres to a, another one. He is a great manager. I'm not trying to disparage him. But they won because their best players played well. Their pitcher, Nathan Avoldi, pitched well. And, you know, Corey Seager hit a bunch of home runs and was unbelievable and won the world and won the MVP. That's why. Why did the Yankees lose? Because Aaron Boone's inept or because, you know, Aaron Judge, who was a world-class, one of the greatest offensive seasons we've ever seen, went ice cold in the playoffs. If Corey Seager went Aaron Judge ice cold in the playoffs, they wouldn't have won the World Series. It's about players playing well. It's about the manager, too. I'm not trying to dismiss the manager, but, I mean, come on. You can't tell me, well, Buck, Buck, Hey, it didn't matter who was the manager. Scherzer sucked. But yet Bruce Bochy is the reason Corey, Seg- Corey Seager was great. And, and Garcia was unbelievable. He's the reason. Like, this didn't come down to stri- the strategery, to quote former President Bush. This didn't come down to strategery. This just was guys smashing the baseball. The Rangers smashed the baseball and pitched well. That's how you win. Bruce Bochy doesn't have some magic code. Dukey and Edison, what's up, Duke? Hey, Chris, how are you? What's up, brother? How are we doing? All right. Uh, before I get to my, my the Jets, the movie The Godfather, you liked it, right? It was into the classic. Uh, the Godfather. I don't know if I've ever heard of it. <laughs> yes, I like The Godfather. Yes. My my favorite line is, "Need the gun, take the cannoli." Sure, very famous line. Go, uh, go. Yeah. We, we're going to the mattresses. Uh, another right. famous line. Yes. All right, Chris. About my Jets or these Jets, I'm sick and tired when like Bruce Hall makes a nice touchdown and he gets called back for penalties. Yep. Let's go. I have no idea. The Jets are unbelievable right now, Duke. I have no idea why they don't want to live with prosperity. I don't know why every single time there is a big play to be made, and sometimes they even make it, it is called back by penalties. It's unbelievable how many drives are ruined with penalties, bad sacks, stuff that they just do themselves. I mean, it's unbelievable how bad they are and how they continually shoot themselves in the foot and cost themselves points. Like, Zach Wilson played well in the game for the most part. Fine. I'm willing to accept that. I still think he's awful. I still think he's holding the team back. But he had one of his better games. Willing to give you that. He can't step out of bounds. I'm not going to kill him for it. I'm not going to sit here and bang the table and say that's why they lost. But there was no reason to step out of bounds. Like, you have to be aware of your feet are, and you have to get into the end zone. They haven't scored in 11 quarters. They haven't scored in 36 drives. You can't make the simple mistakes like that. You can't step You can't step out of bounds. Then you can't get a holding penalty on the touchdown. Then you can't be first and 13, uh, first and goal from the 13, and run the ball on first and second down, and then not throw the ball into the end zone. Those are things you cannot do if you want to win a football game. All of those things, any one of those things, like, change, may, except maybe the play calling, because who knows. But, like, if there's no holding call, they score a touchdown. If Zach doesn't step out of bounds, they score a touchdown. If they actually try to score a touchdown, maybe they score a touchdown. They didn't do any of that. Like, continually, every time there's a positive play, it's met 
with a mis- like they haven't been called like they have not gotten a roughing the passer in this was like the perfect example last week they have not been called personally they've they've gotten the penalty many a times they've been called for the penalty umpteen amount of times but they had not had a roughing the passer called for them in forever forever last week they finally get one they finally get a roughing the passer that gives them 15 yards and on the next play they fumble like that is the jets man that was like the pitch perfect example of who they are they never catch that break they get killed by that penalty or i mean just go back to the new england game of last year they get Killed with roughing the passer penalties, bad roughing the passer penalties, ticky tacky roughing the passer penalties. It's like the it's like their nemesis, their kryptonite. They get killed by these penalties, but it never comes back on them. They never get the benefit of it. They finally do. Not even in a, a tremendously big spot, but still, fifteen yards. They're moving down the field, and on the next play, Gary Wilson fumbles. The next play, they cannot handle prosperity at all. I told you this going. I, I, that's why I picked the Giants to cover uh, in the game. It ended up being a, a push because the Giants are just the even worse. But part of my reasoning was I didn't like the idea that they beat the Eagles and then sat on it for a week and a half. Like I didn't like the idea that they were just living with getting pats on the back about the beating the Eagles and being three hundred of three hundred three and three at five hundred. Like I just didn't like that idea. I didn't like the Jets trying to just live in the moment of prosperity. And miraculously enough, they were able to win that game because the Giants are even worse at this and even worse at winning, amazingly enough. But now the last two weeks, it has absolutely come home to roost, and they've been awful. And every big spot, they blow it. Every big spot. Even Zach Wilson, who we're all going to give bows to and tell you how great he played in this game. Even Zach Wilson, when the, when the rubber met the road, he throws the pick. It's just the way they are, man. It's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. 877-337-6666. Marco, how'd you do in the picks this week? You know, I love talking about our records, you know. Uh, Very fond of that. Uh, I believe I did all right. I didn't do great. I was okay. Oh, is okay still a winning record? Well, I haven't had a losing week. So you were three and two? Uh, three, one, and one. Son of a... <laughs> I decent. Was, it's a I decent was, week. It's not a great week. No, it was a decent week. I was three and two. I'm taking the winning weeks. I was hoping you had a bad week. I forgot to write yours down. I was going to go back and listen. No, you don't have to go listen. Well, I, I, well you remember you had to tell me. On yeah, Friday. I can tell you. I mean, Seahawks, which is a loss. Yep. I pushed with the Lions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won the two locals. And what was the other one that I won? Oh, now it's escaping me. Steelers. Steelers, right. I um I nailed the uh, Texans against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I got the Giants, the Cowboys right, and I think the other one was uh, what I have. See? Oh, the 49ers over the Jags. And then I was this close to the take a chance parlay. I had the Texans and the Browns. Right, the stinking Panthers. Right, they're awful. I was going to oh, say I had the Browns with you on that one too. Yeah, but yeah. I know. remember that? Yeah, um, good time. Problem is, you got to stop taking the Jets. I know. I'm. Still, You're not learning your lesson. I'm not You're really that. not. I, I couldn't understand why they were favored. I thought they were going to win that game. 